Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash data stories. That's qlik.de slash data stories. It's a new data stories. Hi, Enrico. Hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, it's the legendary year review episode once again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And usually we, we used to have a British and an Austrian guy on the show, as you might remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought that was pretty exotic, but uh, this year we want to step it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, so we decided to go around the world for the first time. So we have been talking with a total of six people from many different countries. Right, Moritz? Yeah. And I mean, in the past, we've always been very Euro and US centric, which is, you know, sort of natural. Yes. This is where we're based. This is what we're looking at. But we would just like to learn a bit more about the rest of the world. So, um, yeah, we talked to six different people. We have Christina from Hungary. We have Blaze from Nigeria. We have Simon from Brazil. And we have Nikita from Western Siberia, Simon from Australia, and Jane from Hong Kong. Yeah. So it's quite a quite a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of miles. We are doing it all for the miles. And yeah, we also asked all of them like what their local scenes look like, what they th thought were the most significant developments, and. Yeah, we were super curious to hear what they'll have to say. And I hope you are curious too. And we'll just play the short interviews we did with them. And at the end, we'll come back and sort of uh, wrap it up together. So first up is uh, Christina. And here we have Christina. Christina, can you tell us uh, who you are and where you live? Hi, I live in Budapest, Hungary. And uh, I'm a data visualization designer. I graduated as a graphic designer, and I just started to work at Ericsson R&D Center in Budapest, and I'm creating data visualization for dashboards. I also teach a data visualization course at the Central European University here in Budapest. Yeah, and we should also mention Christina is also well known for her very um, original and crafty data visualizations. You might have seen the little red riding hood visualization. I really oh, thanks. <laughs> it was a really nice one uh, about the intercultural differences of how the same fairy tale is uh, interpreted in different cultures, right? Or in different language versions. Uh, yeah, different language versions. Yes. So maybe it's, it's uh, the different origins because I think maybe... A few of them were from France, but in the end it was maybe more like back in time than in different countries. Ah, exactly. Yeah, it's a very nice one. So, Christina, how is the data visualization uh, seen where you live in Budapest and in Hungary in, in general? What's, what's your perception? How does it compare to the other countries around or the rest of the world? Well, most data visualization here are on non-profit news sites. And they are creating visualizations about the work of the government. They are investigating the work of the government. Mm -hmm. So the corruption is, big, is a big problem here in Hungary. 
and they usually create visualizations about maybe the relationships of the representatives of the parliament or just about spending of the public money. So this is one thing uh, that is really big. Mm -hmm. And the other one is that I found interesting is because I used to go to an art and design university and I know that this generative graphic design is very popular right now. So some of the designers use real data and the output starts to look like a data visualization, a real data visualization. So there are explanations behind them. And I think sooner or later, some of them will become data visualization designers. I can uh, give an example for this because I, I have a very interesting one. Yeah, please go ahead. So I remember that there was a brand identity design and it contained a logo where, which was a house and the shadow of the house. And it was about the solar energy. Mm-hmm. And the shadow changed based on what time and what day you looked at the logo on the side. So I think it was it was really it was a great example for this. So what do you think are the major developments or projects in this year in in Budapest or even in general in the around the world? Well, in Budapest, I wouldn't say we have big projects, but. The biggest thing for data visualization here in Budapest is that finally we started a data visualization meetup. Oh, that's great. And it was advertised as a data visualization meetup, but in the end there were so many other people uh, coming to this event from so many other fields, like data scientists, infographic designers, data journalists. So the room was full, there was not enough, enough seat for the audience, I think around maybe 80 people were there, and it was really good because finally designers and analysts could finally meet each other. Nice. Are you involved in the in the organization? Uh, not so much. I usually recommend people, so I don't organize. <laughs> I was part of the first one. I gave a presentation, but nowadays I just recommend other people who they should invite to the next one. Nice. Anything else? Uh, yeah, about other things in Hungary that we don't have big projects that are public, uh-huh. but we had three big data visualization, three big data visualization challenges, like competitions, mm-hmm. and it was surprising um, because it was really good. They had a really big, great databases, like the usage uh, of the public bike system in the capital city, or there was another one with a full database of the real estate advertisements in the whole country. And two days ago was this 24 hours data visualization hackathon that was using data from T-Mobile Hungary. And I wondered before that why are there so many competitions here in Hungary, well, many, if you consider the size of the country. Um, And I told some people and they told me that they have a huge amount of data and they don't know what to make of it. Mm -hmm. They have the data there and they don't know how to use it, how the business can uh, profit from it. 
So instead of hiring a group of specialists, uh, yeah. they want ideas <laughs> and they can they want as many ideas as they could have. So well, I, I suspect it's the same everywhere. It's not in, only in Hungary like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think the observation is totally right that if people don't really, they feel there might be something interesting, but they don't know what exactly that. Yeah, the impulse is often to make a hackathon or a competition. And if yeah. you see too many of them, you're like, ah, yeah. can't <laughs> yeah. they like commission There's a somebody? threshold yeah. somewhere, right? But I think at the same time, it can be a stepping stone and it can maybe next year or in a few years, you know, they will hopefully commission, let's say, professionals as well, right? Yeah, they will be more daring, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because now they are kind of um, cautious about mm -hmm. publishing or hiring someone and they just want to see if it's possible to do something big with this data or not. Yeah. So yeah. all these challenges all these challenges come from private companies or there are things like non-profit organizations? All or... of them are from oh. private companies. From yeah. private companies, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. this hackathon this weekend was really good because I think around 90 people participated. Wow. And But only 10 of them were women, I think. So that was the interesting <laughs> part. And, uh, <laughs> um, so is there anything else you want to highlight from this past year? Um, globally, mm -hmm. I, I found that in Hungary, almost well, many people know their data. So <laughs> okay. I met many people and I knew they are not so interested in data visualization. But later on, I found out that they bought the their data book, and uh -huh. even developers were interested in that book in my company. <laughs> That's great. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Dear Data has been such an amazing success yeah, story. Exactly. I'm, I'm really tempted <laughs> to do another episode on Dear Data. Just yeah, to, you, know, I was, you know, I was yeah. about to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe we should. Yeah, you know, when the movie you know, comes out, when the movie comes out, we will invite them back. <laughs> yeah. We will just read the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Christina, we have to wrap up soon, but is there something you hope for for next year and which types of projects uh, are you hoping to see for next year? If you can make a wish, uh, what would it be? Well, my, my wish is that uh, I hope to see more data visualization from all the new sites and not just from the non-profit ones. Mm -hmm. And what happened is that Google Digital News Initiative founded a Hungarian project and it is about tracking public money. I call it that one. Mm -hmm. And this project plans to track state-founded organizations and their public interest data and they track if they publish them because they are required by law and of course they want to create an accessible database for it. So I'm very, very interested in that project and I hope it will Um, be published next year. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'm interested in that there is some collaboration between uh, telecom innovation laboratories. It, it is called T-Lab and they are at TU Berlin. And there is this Hungarian university, ELTE. And this university has, this university just had a new data science department. So there will be collaboration between the two um organizations and i think that will be room for data visualizations too 
I just met some of them and we started to talk. I showed uh, showed some of my works to them and then they suddenly realized that, oh, this is what we are missing and we should work together on these projects. Cool. Yeah, this sounds all amazing. I think everything you said sounds really like there's there's something in the works there and something's doing. And I, <laughs> something is brewing yeah, there. And I can't, yeah, I can't wait to see what comes out of Budapest <laughs> the next few years. Thanks so much, Christina. Yeah. It was great having you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And we have Blaze Abo on the show. Welcome, Blaze. How are you? I'm fine, Enrico. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Can you briefly introduce yourself? Tell us where you're located and what you're doing. Okay, uh, like I, like he said, like Enrico said, my name is Blaze Abo. Um, I live in Lagos State, Nigeria, one of the biggest uh, states in the country. Uh, yeah, and um, I am the co-founder of a company called Aurodata Science. Yeah, so we try to use um, data visualizations to simplify public information so as to make the citizens more interested in the information, to make them active citizens, and of course, to make them consume the information in ways that they can be able to ask the government questions. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I think it's a pretty thing, good thing we are trying to do in Nigeria here because... Um, uh, we have a lot of information right here in the government sector, in the public sector, and um, these informations, we are trying to see how we can open them up. But of course, uh, we want to use data visualization to make them more interesting and uh, more simple to consume. And of course, um, uh, make them uh, shareable on um, the numerous um, social media platforms we have, we have in the country. Mm -hmm. And how would you say is the data visualization scene in Lagos or Nigeria in general as uh, as compared to the rest of the region or maybe the whole world, as far as you can tell? What are they interested in? Yeah, thank you, um, Moritz. That's a good, that's a good question. Uh, the thing is, um, I am going to say that compared to the whole world, we, we, are, we are still pretty much backwards in, uh, in the terms of um, data visualization because, uh, I mean... I mean, uh, for, for, we have a few players here. I, I can count maybe maybe three or four mm -hmm. uh, players. Uh, yeah, and I think um, we are probably the second to emerge in the industry. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I mean, okay, and the first guys who emerged were probably probably started like maybe in 2012, and they didn't get traction till around um, 2014. And we we presently we started around um, 2014, and I think our traction came a bit. Um, 2015 because we were working around um, data visualizations in elections. We, we were using data visualization to tell stories about data in elections. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 pretty pretty um, interesting here because I mean so um, when you go online for example and you try to uh, let's say for some for example a person who is still trying to learn how to visualize data and you are from Nigeria. So when you go online for example you can find really find courses that teach you that will probably teach you data visualization just like that uh i mean you may you may just find one or two and the second guys you're going to find is us uh, but when you go to um let's say you go google and you search again and you you'll probably find a lot of courses on edx you probably find a lot of courses on coursera and um these people they use um they teach data visualization using hadoop uh using uh python and the whole um, other uh, programmer programming languages But down here we still be do a bit uh, a few things um or a lot of things um uh, let me use the word uh, manually in the way mm -hmm. so we don't use 
the softwares that they use like in the rest of the world because they are advanced. And why we started our data is because we we tried to understand what was happening and uh, the importance of data and where data was going to. But of course, we we couldn't just jump to where the rest of the world was. We had to use the simple tools we had to try to um, communicate in the simple ways for the ordinary Nigerian to actually know what data visualization is. I mean, we can wake up one day and start talking about Hadoop or, or um, Strata or, uh, or Python languages. I mean, the people don't even know what open data is. People don't even know what data visualization is in simple terms. You know, so I think um, we, we just started by using the simple tools we could find to at least just show them the idea of how data can look like, of how beautiful um, information could look like. You know, so presently there are just about maybe three or four of us and um, it's still a very small and it's still a very small sector. Uh, but I mean, it's still, it's still very open too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the big opportunity, right? So the, the space is wide open. So what types of projects have you been done in the past? Can you give us this, a little overview of what types of things you've been working on? Okay, so um, uh, a bit of uh, in twenty fourteen we started working around. Um, okay, so we we I, I a couple of friends uh, we started looking around, um, looking at what the world was talking about. The world was talking about big data and analytics and um, the future of data revolution. And um, we started studying these things and to understand it, it even more and how we could um, impact the Nigerian society. And so well, we, when we got to at the end of our research, we decided we were going to do, um, we were going to tell stories using visual data visualizations. But then we asked ourselves a question, what, did, what stories should we tell? And we looked for the, the next biggest thing in Nigeria then, and that was the Nigeria elections. Yeah, so we had our, our elections in uh, 2015, but before 2015, 2014, we decided to do to resell stories using data visualizations. But then these were going to be data elections, uh, data related to Nigeria elections. So we looked at the history. We looked at the um, history of violence in Nigeria. We looked at um history of data, election data in Nigeria, um, election um, polling units, election accounts, polling counts, um. um and of course, voters' uh, registration card distribution. So we understood that these were something people will want to look at. These were something that people mm -hmm. will probably be interested in. But we also understood that the last time there was an election in Nigeria was in 2011. And then uh, social media, for example, Twitter, for example, was not that popular in Nigeria yet. People probably had just signed up. I signed up in 20, 2009, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't become active until 2011. And it's happened like that for so many, so many people. And even around that time, people didn't know what Twitter was. People weren't using Twitter, you know. So it hasn't been used used before. So we thought about the fact that data visualization and infographics had not been used on Nigerian Twitter before to drive engagement and citizen um, inclusion towards the election. So we figured it was something we could do. So we tried to mine data. We tried to, um, we of course we 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 had a few programs that we worked with, open source programs that we worked with, to get some sentiment analysis uh, and social trends on how the Nigerians were thinking and what they wanted. Because the truth was, we wanted to create infographics, we wanted to create visual data, but the truth was, we needed to understand what they wanted. We needed to understand what the problem was, what the information the people needed. And of course, we came up with a lot of things and um, we produced a lot of um, information products that were centered around, around the elections from uh, 
vote uh, from election violence to um voting procedures in 60 seconds to um uh the types of um uh sorry what what would it, what would I call it uh yeah yeah the the, the uh the candidates the election candidates because people who people who wanted to vote they didn't even know who their candidates were they didn't even know the, 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 for example, the House of Reps, or as we call it in um, the United States, the Congress, for example, people mm-hmm. didn't know who their candidates were and who to vote for. So we used data visualization to try to portray that. And of course, we understood that people were on Twitter and they were tweeting and they used Twitter to, uh, as, a, as a key point of um, accessing information. So we didn't want to take them away from Twitter, but rather to bring information to them on Twitter. So we used, every information we were publishing on Twitter was simply an infographics and um, it was a, yeah it was mm-hmm. data visualization and it, it, for everyone we published they went viral everyone published they all went viral and for us it gave us one simple um, understanding that people wanted infographics people wanted data visualization even though they didn't know what it was but when they saw it they saw the beautiful information they loved it uh-huh. and so uh-huh. we said yeah <laughs> and so we, st- we we started with um elections elections and then between december 12 and april uh December 12, 2014, and April 11, 2015, that was um, around when we, the election had relapsed, the general election had relapsed. We had reached a total of about 926,000 people online using infographic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So, Blaze, is there any other specific projects uh, you want to highlight from 2016, maybe even globally? Okay, well, um, I, I well, let me see, give a simple example. I think, um, yeah. So uh, we have, uh, uh, we we we've been trying to tell a lot of stories using infographics. We've worked on on um, government spending. We've worked on um, government budgets using infographics as well. Uh, also, most importantly, we've tried to focus on crisis. For example, um, yeah. So we know that um. Uh, the inter- internally displaced persons uh, issues is is it's a global issue, and in Nigeria here we have our our own problems too, um, which is as a, as a result to the Boko Haram crisis we have in Nigeria today. Yeah, so um, we have started telling stories using data visualization as well to try to highlight the plight of the uh, internally dis- displaced persons we have in Nigeria to try to tell stories to show the gaps, um, the uh, the funding gaps. To also try to um, show a lot of issues. Uh, for example, there was one one of the things we did. If you can Google it online, uh, it was called um, child trafficking in in IDP's camp. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So if you Google it, I'm sure the first four or five websites you see will probably have our, our infographics on, on on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will definitely put them in in the blog post so people can study it in detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward, what? Like looking at 2017, what would you hope for <laughs> if you can make a wish for the data visualization scene in Nigeria? What are you hoping for? What are the types of projects you would like to see or you would like to tackle yourself? What are your thoughts? Okay, well, well, uh, my thought is um, I think um, it's it's a, it's it's a whole lot to wish a lot for 2017. So I am going to make a wish. <laughs> And uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that. Yeah, so um, the industry presently is uh, very young. And um, a few more, a few, a few of us are here playing and trying to understand what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. We are still trying to understand it. And the truth is, 
we are not where the world is. We, the world is the, the whole rest of the world, for example, is I mean, in terms of uh, people like um, let's say um, United States, for example, and London, for example, what they do with data visualization is amazing because of all these amazing um, softwares and amazing programming languages they use to um, you know to read these things and read data and all that. And then for here in Nigeria, we are still doing things. I call it the manual way, uh, using a little bit of um, the um, uh, photo editing tools and the of on the um, other analytical tools like Power BI and the rest of them, you know. But I think in 2017, um, I'm I'm looking at the possibility whereby uh, the big guns in, uh, in 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 the United States, for example, let me say the top um, the top um, data visualizing companies in Nigeria uh, in in US, for example, can probably take a look at what we have to, we are doing here in Nigeria and see how they can perhaps uh, partner with one of us, perhaps with our data for us, for example, and see how we can use or leverage. Their biggest tool to um uh, do and uh, of course uh, push up the work we are doing here in Nigeria because of course the truth about thing about this thing is um uh, building the software locally is a, is a big headache but of course getting a major partnership for example with a big data visualization company in New York City for example is going to be a big win for us you know in 2017 mm -hmm. so I look at opportunities whereby in 2017 the world New York City um companies in New York City are seeing what is happening in Nigeria today and picking out the big guys at the the players and saying, oh, okay, how can we do this? How can we work together? And how can we um, partner to um, um, even much, uh, um, move um, data visualization further to the next level in Nigeria? So that's what I'm looking at. Well, sound, sounds sounds good. <laughs> I I really hope with some of these wishes can, can become true. Um, well, thanks so much, Blaze, for coming on the show. That's, uh, it's very interesting to hear what is happening in your part of the globe. And, um, I wish you, we wish you a happy new year and happy holidays. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. And next up is Simon. Hi, Simon. Hey, Simon. Hi, Moritz. How are you doing? Hi, Enrico. Great to have you on. I'm great. Thanks. Um, so, Simon, who are you? Uh, where are you based? And what are you doing currently? I'm based in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil. Uh, I've been working with as an art editor for most of the year, uh, since 2015, mm -hmm. uh, at a new project here that's called Nexo. Um, I was there since the the, the very beginning uh, because uh, before it was launched. Uh, so I happened to to build it, the graphics and visuals team and uh, to build the department and to shape uh, the the website. Um, that was until uh, two months ago, and now I'm working. Uh, I'm back actually to Folha de São Paulo. It's a place, a newspaper I've worked for uh, five years, uh, f two years ago, and uh, I'm working there as a collaborator, uh, doing specific special projects from from sometimes from inside the newsroom, but sometimes uh, outside in the newsroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, in general, my, my background is in news uh, for infographics. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been doing uh, a lot of uh, animations, uh, 3D animations and um, data visualizations also uh, for both print and, uh, and the web. So I came from, the, the, from a print uh, background and then I, I'm, I started to migrate to, to the web. 
Um, and I always done some research and uh, in doing experimental projects with uh, game engines, for instance, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and with uh, virtual reality. So yeah. I'm, th- those are things that I, I try to, to explore. And uh, well, th- working on, on newspapers and uh, we always have to do a lot of things. So I've also been... Uh, have a, a big uh, foot into the cartography oh, yeah. and uh, and try to do at sometimes some experimentations, mixing video with cartography and things like that. So, Simon, um, so what is going on in Sao Paulo and maybe even in Brazil in general or even South America? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think. Um, uh in in brazil and i think in south america in general also we have like a big tradition on more uh traditional infographics mm-hmm. so doing yeah. narratives with uh illustrations and uh, cutouts and 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 things like that and and there are there are uh good projects in in database uh but it, it's i think there is still a lot of place to to grow on on that field um i think on on the last years we have seen like in brazil we have uh some newspapers doing good job uh, on on that field uh for instance estado de são paulo uh we call we call it estadão mm-hmm. they they have doing uh, a good job a solid job i think on the f- last five years they they built a, a data team and then they had like developers and have uh so they have uh, done uh, solid work i think um we have some like we have projects also good projects outside the newsrooms like we have info amazonia mm-hmm. which is a very good job on on cartography surveillance uh on the amazon forest so they they gather data about deforestations and and fire and and the cattle productions and they're always mapping and updating it and i think that's that's a good example also uh on data viz um and uh, we have some new new stuff coming on that i think we're, we're going to take a, a talk about a little later but um uh, i think th- those are good projects I- talking more about south america i've seen uh, la nacion in argentina uh which did a very good job in 2015 as they had uh national elections mm-hmm. so they do they did like very good uh visualizations on, on the results but also analyzing uh president the, the the candidate's speech and uh i think they, they they're they're uh, um ahead of on this uh, data viz scene uh, on the continent they're doing very good so uh looking back over the last year if you had to pick like really cool like major developments or projects you would like to mention what would they be like for instance in your city or country or yeah. maybe even globally yeah well uh i know i'm, I'm suspicious to talk but i think the, the project i was involved with for most part of the year uh <laughs> nexo yeah <laughs> why, uh, not? <laughs> why not yeah if it's really good we'll check it out though. yeah so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so what is it what is nexo 
Yeah, so it's it's a small project. It's uh, it's maybe like thirty people on total. I mean, it's it's a medium size, maybe we could say for news. Um, so it was a pro- it's a project that's already going. It's still going on. I'm just I'm not there anymore. But uh, it was a project that uh, had a, a good a bigger focus on on database uh, uh, investigations. So since the beginning, uh, they they hired like people like like me with a uh, infographics visual background, but also uh, like a data scientist uh, who's uh, Daniel Mariani, who works with uh, R and and has a good experience on that, uh, doing jobs on for academic projects, and uh, and they 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 built the the newsroom and in a way that the graphics department was quite independent. Uh, to do its own uh, stories, so that's that was kind of uh, a new thing here uh, in Brazil. We don't see too too many um, editorial uh, with giving that attention to to data and, and to visualization. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's something that it's worth mentioning. Um, so we we I think we. Uh, we we achieved good good things there, and another another project that another um, thing that I would like to mention here in in Brazil, I think uh, the O Globo uh, newspaper, it's it's based at Rio de Janeiro. They they also did uh, some some good projects. They they are already had like some sort of tradition doing infographics. Uh, they have uh, Alessandro Alvin, who is uh, is quite known uh, for doing um, visual stories, uh, more like illustrated stories, and doing his own s- investigations mm-hmm. on the subjects and doing like long form uh, stories. And but like uh, maybe two years ago, they they, they hired some people from uh, Stadão, for instance, and they, they started to build a more solid, um, more solid department for, for visuals, uh, putting together like uh, de- developers, uh, designers, journalists. And um, as uh, we had like this year, uh, national elections uh, for like local elections actually, but being done like um, on the on the whole country, and and uh, they they did like very good uh, cartography visualizations graphics uh, both print and and web. So I hope they they keep doing like this this kind of things. Um, well, speaking more like globally. Uh, I think as uh, I think that uh, we have a good year for cartography. Uh, yeah, I think definitely. I, I, yeah, I see, I, I see that the the approach to maps is, is getting more m- uh, mature. Like uh, mm. it's not that we had like m- maybe we also had, but uh, uh, something that took my attention was not like the very innovative projects, but is is the level of uh, discussion that maps are getting. Uh, and how it's it's getting more the discussion on maps it's getting more closer to to the readers so we had like uh for instance new york times on on the upshot um they they wrote a, a post talking about their history on uh, on cartography and 
how they use it, uh, cartograms and, and choroplets mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in, in their history. And then this is like for, for the readers, like, so it's, I think it's shows that people are getting more interested um, in, in thinking about how, how maps are done and how, how journalistic ethics applies yeah. uh, to maps. Yeah. Yeah. But now people discuss which types of cartograms they use rather than, yeah. you know, just like, look, we made a, fan- a fancy cartogram with funny shapes. Yeah. And, you know, there you can see already how, how much it has matured, as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, for instance, at Vox, uh, they, they do like a superb job with uh, videos and yeah. um, like motion graphics yeah, videos. Sure. And they, yeah. they release, yeah. I think, at least two videos uh discussing maps like yeah. projections yeah. and very fu- very funny videos <laughs> yeah and and i think that that shows also like that people are, are very interested and they want to talk about like maps or like projections and <laughs> so i think yeah. that's that's good uh The That's nerds are see. winning. The map yeah. nerds are winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Cartography is always big. I think people just have feel like they yeah. have a very natural connection with uh, with geographical space, right? It's more direct. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Simon, what are your big hopes for next year? What What do you want? Uh, what do you want to see happening in 2017? Yeah. Uh, well. Speaking more like about Brazil, but maybe I think it applies to, to many places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like uh, w- one thing that we have, uh, one gr- uh, big challenge here for data uh, journalism and data visualizations is is the lack of um, of good pu- public data or, you know, like organized and uh, usable data for from, from public administrations, for instance. Yeah. So... But we have like some some uh, local administration, like São Paulo, for instance. On the, uh, the last years, they started to to build and to open like uh, platforms for to share their their data, mm-hmm. and uh, like they, they have like they build a a website. It's called Geo Sampa, where you can download shape files and all mm-hmm. kinds of mm-hmm. data about uh, where hospitals, schools are, and you know like traffic information so that's something that i hope we see more and more uh, and that will definitely help us doing uh, our job and and uh ultimately helping everybody like the readers and all the whole population so that's something that I, i'm expecting to happen as we are shifting uh local administrations here so that's a moment to 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 see that happen <laughs> yeah There's there's a lot going on in the political spectrum right now in Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's something I was I was uh, I would like to mention also. Uh, we have like politics in Brazil. It's it's quite complex. Like we have like more than 30 parties. Wow. And wow. yeah, it's it's a big mess. Uh, and that's, and and everybody. <laughs> I thought Italy was that. was the worst one. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we are doing a good job there the, here. <laughs> so we have 30 parties. Like no, none of them is like a, a very like major party. Like maybe we have like three like. Sh- big parties but we have like all types of sizes and and uh and and they're they're not very clear on their political orientations and people don't really understand like 
what is going on. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very hard. Uh, th- there was a project called Basometro that is still going on that is is like tracking at least which of these uh, parties are the, on the opposition side and which are like situation. <laughs> and so trying to, to track all their this behavior and uh so you need data analysis just to understand who's actually in the opposition <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah that's a new level yeah that's yeah. a new level yeah that's a new level yeah that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> and uh so i think that there there's fields there to 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 do data analysis and data visualizations to show and explain what what is going on yeah definitely um also, we are we are in a moment like we have like this impeachment here, and then the the government that is in in that took took place uh, after that is making a lot of like a big changes um, in terms of like social security, for instance, um, on the, on the budget uh, uh, law. So th- those are things also that are very very hard to understand, like. Um, those are like big numbers for for budget and then you have like uh for for social security you have so many um so many things that are playing some role on on the how how to calculate uh how it's going to affect people that are going to retire like in 5 years or in 10 years or in 40 years so all this all those subjects i think they are very they are very important and uh and they are very hard to to deal with so i think those are places where we should aim and, and focus talking about uh at least here in in brazil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh we also have like the the zika uh, disease that is still uh, spreading like it it got uh, we have less cases, but we had used to have like a lot of cases of baby uh, borning with uh, um, how do you call it? Mal uh, bed formations on, mm-hmm. on their bodies, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. brains, and uh, it's gonna. I hope it doesn't grows more as as, as uh, a public disease, but it can happen as we are getting into. Uh, uh, hotter period on on the on here on the south we're going into summer and that's mm-hmm. when the the mosquito uh, starts to 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 spread more and um, so those are things that are very like they concern a lot of people everybody that I mean just everybody uh, is concerned and uh, people are like uh, making planning if they are going to have kids or not based on that for sure. instance yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh there is not there is not a lot of information it's still like uh blurry uh, data on 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 that side uh so we don't have a lot to work with but uh i think that we are we are going to see more and more information coming i hope and then i think that there is a there is something that we should also focus and and I expect to see also good uh uh, storytelling, visual storytelling on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking more, more like globally, like uh, I think there is, I think a general concern in terms of uh, format uh, when we doing when we're doing uh, visual uh, visual storytelling and and dealing with visual data, and uh, that's mostly like working with uh, mobile devices, mm, for instance. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a big concern because 
uh, when we're working with uh, print, for instance, you can do like very interesting big uh, uh, poster visualizations. But uh, doing that on on mobile, it's it's very tricky and it's very cost costly and. Uh, we we haven't it, we haven't seen like we haven't seen some good stuff but they're very usually very expensive on the coding side yeah. uh so i something i would like to see and i, I think I, i i would invest too and i think that's one way it's it's like it's trying to get on the back to the to the roots of like just using this this limitation as something that can uh, lead us to some creativity yeah. so doing like static uh, vertical stories and 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 developing this language and 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 not seeing this as, as a problem or and and seeing is more like like it's it's the way we have to do people are using cell phones so let's try to to research and and do things uh, that are not so costly and uh, and that yeah. can still be very compelling as visual stories uh, on that format. Yeah. And I think that we, we we have tools for that. We have like AI uh, to HTML the, that is a very user-friendly for people coming from from the, the design side uh, that we can we can build stories um, I think doing using more um, static and more classic uh, tools and and not not get don't limitate ourselves uh, by by the the device limitations you know yeah yeah mobile is is such a big challenge and of course i mean everyone is using mobile mobile devices and it's it's a it's a it's a very important uh, uh problem yeah but the yeah. nut has not been cracked yet i agree yeah, everybody's exactly. still struggling yeah. so it it should be yeah, interesting everyone. next year and i also really appreciate you mentioning the the like the political and the open data potential and also sika because i think these yeah. are really areas where databases can make a huge difference so um yeah, yeah, yeah i hope somebody will tackle that next year in brazil <laughs> and uh looking yeah. forward to hearing maybe an update uh, to see if it happened thanks so much for okay. coming on simon that was great thanks Thank simon wow well, yeah uh Thank, thank you for the invitation, and uh, I'm very pleased to to have this opportunity to to contribute to this great project uh, yeah. of uh, data stories. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank bye you. Right. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. This is a good time to take a little break and talk about our sponsor, Click. Click allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at www.click.de slash datastories. So Click is organizing for the end of the year a very interesting webinar on the top BI trends for 2017. And this is going to happen on January 11th. So if you're interested in participating, look for this episode's blog post and you'll find the link to the registration webpage. Don't miss out and reserve your spot today. So in the past, we have witnessed it to a lot of trends, an explosion of data, an increase in processing and a move towards information activism. But is the gap widening between the data and our ability to consume it? How will these patterns impact the BI industry in the coming year? 
So if you want to hear answers to these questions, join Click Senior Director and former Gardner Analyst Dan Summer for his top 10 predictions for 2017, and you'll hear about how the digital and physical worlds will begin to meet in analytics, how the two sides of personal analytics will change the industry, how the rise of modern BI will affect the self-service model, and find out whether you've missed any of the signals and where your focus should be in the coming months. So join the Click Seminar on the top BI trends for 2017. And now, back to the show. We have Nikita on the show. Welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. So can you briefly introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where are you located, and what you're doing? Sure. Uh, my name is Nikita. I'm located in Russia. Uh, the name of the city is Yekaterinburg. And uh, it's exactly as the border between Europe and Asia. It's about 2,000 kilometers from Moscow to the east. Oh, wow. And it's the most western part of Western Siberia. <laughs> uh, myself, I'm partially data visualization engineer, partially scientist. Uh, and as a scientist, I develop techniques to retrieve atmospheric composition from sunlight using ground-based and satellite-based uh, satellite instruments. And as a data visualization engineer, I'm doing data visualizations. <laughs> <laughs> Can I try to say Yekaterinburg? Is okay, that correct? Le, 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 that's exactly correct. Let me say it with Russian accent. Okay. Yekaterinburg. Okay. Sounds it's like it's, it's, it's made up from two words. First okay. word is uh, Yekaterin. It's uh, Catherine, the queen. Oh, and the okay. second word is Burg, it's the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually pretty simple, but it sounds confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> uh, so no, no problem. So uh, I can briefly tell what brought me to data visualization world. Sure, please go ahead. Yeah. So I, uh, I was a huge fan of demo scene when I was a child. And uh, I was really um, interested in doing some creative coding and interactive art. So while I was a student uh, and I, I studied physics, I started to do some creative coding, generative art. I built uh, some interactive installations using computer vision uh, and all that things that are now very popular in creative technology. But I, I always felt that my I would like somehow to combine. And one of my background is science and my another background is, let's say, creative technology and design. And it turned out to be that data visualization is a perfect fit for my background and backgrounds at my interests. And I have started to dig more into it. And uh, being a scientist, I did a lot of data visualizations, but they were all static. Most, most of uh, packages for science, for, for science, there are static data visualization things. You just draw a picture. And I really felt that there is a lack of nice visualizations in scientific world. And I wanted to go beyond and build some, some tool that will, that will allow me and people around me to understand more what I'm doing and different phenomena around the world. So I have started doing data visualizations and I was really 
Uh, I really enjoyed it. And now it turned out to be that I'm more and more into data visualization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I, I love how everybody comes from a back in different background, but still we end up at the, at the same spot. <laughs> so what would you say, like you being interested in data visualization is like in Yekaterinburg, is it like very specific? Are there more people? Are there more people in Western Siberia who do similar stuff? And how is the situation in Russia as a whole, as mm -hmm. far as you can oversee it? I know it's a huge uh, country, of course. Yeah, it's, it's a huge country. And I have to say that it's, it's still very specific. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. when, when I started doing this, I, I felt like I'm, like I'm alone. Now, <laughs> now there are more and more people who are starting doing this. Uh, usually in Moscow, for sure, in Moscow, you can mm -hmm. find some people, even some companies, but it's still a very new world. Yeah. And what I see, I have a lot of friends who are journalists, and I see a huge interest to data journalism. So I really think that there is a big fu uh, future for data visualization in Russia. And it's very exciting that right now the field is fairly developed but more and more people are interested uh, in it so mm -hmm. i'm really looking forward what's going to happen next year and year after that because uh, big companies are starting small teams who are doing currently they're doing uh, data analysis and data visualization at the same time but i think that one day we will have data visualization departments and studios Uh, I have, I did some research actually. I tried to find a job as a data visualization engineer mm -hmm. in Russia. Mm -hmm. And I found only one job posting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah. as, as you see, it's quite a new thing here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. But I heard from a few really interesting like developments in data yeah. journalism and like visual data journalism. Uh, but uh, as you say, it's mostly coming from Moscow. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it might have to spread out uh, to other places too. Uh, can you still like, can thinking back over the year, are there some projects or some developments that you would mention where you say like, yeah, this is going in an interesting direction. Um, Uh, you mean worldwide or Russian projects? Both, as you like, as you Both. like. Uh, okay, so let's start with the uh, Russian projects. Uh, I would like to admit that we had two quite nice visualizations. One was on Russian news website. It was about visualizing Nobel Prize winners, mm -hmm. like the history where you can interact and see people from different countries and see the dynamics of Nobel Prize. Uh, and another visualization, which is, it was not really popular, but I liked it a lot. It's about Moscow Marathon, and it was created by a, a studio in Russia, a small studio, uh, which is doing data visualization in Moscow. And um, in that visualization, you can see the flow of people during the marathon. There is, it, it actually looks like a river. Mm -hmm. that is flowing around mm. the city. And you, you can see a spread uh, of people that are uh, running through, 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 through the city. And you, you have some metrics and some data, some graphs, but it's really uh, visually appealing. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. So we'll we'll put a link in the show notes, and then people can can take a look. Yeah, sure. It's in yeah. Russian, but I think yeah. I mean it's I visual, see it so now. you can. Yeah. It anybody can relate to flowing particles. That's a that's a <laughs> universal thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and globally, are there any things globally you you would mention, like from your perspective? Glo- globally, I really like that visualization of machine learning. Mm-hmm. I don't remember mm-hmm. the name right now of that project, but I think you know what I am from Google. Um, yeah, Google is uh, yeah, yeah, quite a bit. And it's it's more like a tool. It's it's even not like a visualization, but it's like a tool that can help you to understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, partially being a scientist, I really like to see such kind of tools because they can uh, tell you and show you how the thing works. And you can spend hours trying to understand, but once you see it, it's like <laughs> click and you understand, which, which is very nice. And actually, uh, I really liked the project, The Rhythm of Food. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's I can it's talk really, about that, of course. Um, <laughs> it's really beautiful. And all, all the pictures, they're really nice. So very good job. <laughs> Thanks. That's very nice. <laughs> the best of the year <laughs> <laughs> totally unsolicited we didn't plan for this at all <laughs> yeah, there was, there was <laughs> not prepared <Don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> not at all so nikita what are your big hopes for next year what 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 type of projects do you want to see happening mm-hmm. uh, so i really hope to see more data visualization activities here in russia and myself, I want to start pushing more into that field. I want to run, to, to create a couple of projects that will visualize uh, data around Russia. It's a huge country and there's a lot of data. Yeah. And it's quite difficult to find interactive images of that. So it will be very interesting to see and show people the whole country, but uh, visually but I mean, data behind the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and personally, I really want to explore more 3D t- technologies in data visualization yeah. because yeah. I, I came from a background of creative developer and for me, it was naturally to work with the uh, libraries like Cinder processing and it was all 3D based. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, now, and now in data visualization, I think 95% People are using D3, yeah. which is great. I love that tool. But at the same time, there are quite a few projects where I would like to, to have this high performance 3D mm. uh, abilities. Yeah, and with virtual reality is also an interesting direction right. there, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So personally, I would like to explore more 3D rendering libraries uh, that can be used for data visualization mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in web environment. So basically using WebGL. Yeah, mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. And probably another thing, third thing that uh, it would be really great that if, if, if we had more data visualizations using scientific data, uh, because we have a lot of data in science but only scientists know how to deal with the data. <laughs> and people, they just don't have access to it. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I, I, I really see that if we just create a website and visualize the data somehow, so everybody can just go there and, and look at it, and it can be a huge breakthrough in terms of making science more popular and uh, making people uh, understand science more and even uh, kids to inspire kids to do science, engineering, technology, and all, all that, I think data visualization can play a huge role in popularizing and making more accessible all the areas of scientific and technological knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with you. Science is always fascinating. There's so much data going on there and huge, huge opportunities. Well, Nikita, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's it's really interesting to see what is happening on your side of the world. And um, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Nikita. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And we have Simon on the show. Hey, Simon, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So um, can you briefly introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you are located, and what you're doing. Sure. My name is Simon Elvery, and I'm a, I guess I'm a data, visual, interactive journalist. Um, I have a fair bit of trouble describing exactly what it is I do, um, depending on the audience. But um, yeah, I'm a journalist um, working for the Australian Broadcaster Corporation, uh, I'll probably abbreviate that to the ABC if I uh, mention it again and don't get that confused with the American version. Um, but we work out of Brisbane in Australia, on the eastern coast of Australia, and um, it's pretty sunny and hot here at the moment. Sounds, sounds great. <laughs> so what's going on in Australia? We're really curious to hear. Well, how is the data visualization scene over there? I mean, it's a big country, so it's hard to say Australia in general, but at least in, in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is a big country. But I mean, I think the, the um, it's a big country with a fairly small population in the scheme yeah. of things. And um, the data visualization scene here is, is quite small in a lot of ways, but also quite diverse, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I find that I sort of know... Uh, a handful of people who are doing this sort of work inside news organizations like I am. But there are all sorts of people doing similar work in in private companies and in academia. And um, it doesn't often have as much visibility as the work that I do, or at least it doesn't, it doesn't pop up in my filter bubble all that often. Um, but I've been running uh, the Brisbane chapter of Hacks Hackers for the last year. And... Um, just over the past year, the, the diversity of people who've been showing up to talk and uh, talk about this stuff and, and to even present their work um, has really surprised me in a lot of ways for what is quite a small place, Brisbane. I think there's, you know, there's only about a million people live in the, in the Brisbane metropolitan area. So it's, you know, it's a pretty small place. Yeah. And I also felt there's quite a bit of things going on. So I'm, I'm, uh, guest in uh, a slack channel you run it's called stories with data so very uh, similar name to our podcast <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah that's right just scrambling the words it's just a, a good name it's just a good name <laughs> what can you do so but i was also surprised like how many people are there and how much discussion is going on and so if you're interested in the scene i would definitely recommend to to check check out that slack channel um for me it was a good look into the scene so uh simon looking over the year like 
from your perspective, what were the major developments or the big projects this year in Australia specifically and maybe also globally, um, if you want to touch on that? Yeah, sure. So I think um, I'll call out a couple of Australian projects um, first up. And, and as I said, I'm, you know, I work for a news organization, so that's sort of my area. And the two, two of the bigger organizations doing work in this area in Australia are probably The Guardian and the ABC Who I work for, and the first one I'd call out is is one from the Guardian, um, which I really quite liked. It was in some ways quite a simple thing, but it's um it's a project about whether uh, your personal um, kind of um, viewpoint is reflected in uh, in the new parliament. We had an election um, in the middle of this year. And um, so we've got a whole new set of politicians and uh, the Guardian did this great little interactive where you could select sort of personal attributes. You could select your gender and your age range, um, things like sexual orientation and education levels. And it would filter the representatives in the new federal parliament to um, a list that kind of matched those same attributes and just mm -hmm. see how really see how few um, parliamentarians kind of um, line up with your demographic. That's a fresh taste, a uh, fresh take on that. Yeah, I didn't see anything like that before. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it, in a lot of ways, as I said, it's sort of a simple little thing, but they've mm -hmm. also done a really great kind of um, more detailed breakdown after that initial little piece of personal interaction. You know, they personalized it right up front and, um, and you know, as you scroll down, you can see a lot more detail about, about the breakdown of the federal parliament. Mm -hmm. Smart. Anything else? Any other projects? Yeah, so uh, I, I guess another one I'd... I'd Point two is one that we did. Um, I didn't personally work on this one, but one of the other guys in our team um, did most of the visualization on it. And uh, it's, again, about the politics and about um, the new parliament we've got here. And uh, one of the issues that the new parliament has is our Senate is... Uh, The, the, the government doesn't have a majority in the Senate, so they're going to have to deal with a bunch of cross, cross benches um, in order to get legislation through and so there's quite a mix of funny voting blocks in the new parliament in the senate and so uh, we just wanted to really explain to people what the government's going to have to do and who they're going to have to negotiate with in order to get various pieces of their legislative agenda through the parliament and um you know this one i think uh, actually ties in quite well to what i see as one of the trends of 2016 which is uh, a change away from kind of these big, sprawling, um, undirected, exploratory uh, data visualizations to a more focused, narrative-driven visualization where you're telling a story but using visualization to kind of aid the telling of that rather than kind of be the telling of that. So as you scroll down this page, I'll just describe it a little bit. It's it's essentially uh, what is Malcolm Turnbull up against in the new Senate? And as you scroll down, there's a number of scenarios that we sort of explain. And as you scroll through each of the different scenarios, these little dots that represent um, individual parliamentarians kind of move across the screen and, and stack up either to the left or the right. And it shows clearly uh If the votes fall that way um, for a particular piece of legislation, uh, that you know whether the legislation will pass or, or be blocked. Mm -hmm. 
So very minimal integration of, of small data graphics that are tightly connected to the text yeah, and that's scrolling. Right. Yeah. So are there any other trends that you want to highlight? Or maybe something globally? Yeah, I think one of the other trends this year, which I, um, I'm really excited about actually, is a move towards some um, more figurative visualizations. One of my favorite little um, visualizations mm. for the year. I say little, it probably wasn't really when uh, when it was being built. But the New York Times did mm-hmm. uh, a baseball feature on um, Derek Jeter. I, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but uh, yep. he's he's a big hitter who's retired mm-hmm. recently, and it sort of visualized his three three hundred and forty two thousand swings of his career and. Um, <laughs> And and used you know a little video of him doing a swing to visualize just how enormous that is and 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 how his career went and you know that kind of integration of uh, of a figurative element into visualization I think has sort of started to grow a little bit this year and I'd expect that to kind of take off a bit more over the coming year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and the, this opens the door to a lot of like very concrete experiences and, and not so much the super abstract, just displaying the numbers. That's right. Thing, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Other trends. So I think, um, one of the other trends, which I've, I've sort of touched on with the smaller narrative stuff is, is around mobile. And I think that's kind of, it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing in a lot of ways. I think mobile sort of driving mm. this move to yeah. smaller, um, smaller infographics in some ways, you know, smaller visualizations, but also I think it's, forcing us to think about um, the usability of, of these sorts of things we're building and and think about how people are experiencing them. And, and that actually might have better outcomes even for people on bigger screens. And um, I expect that to continue just because the take-up of mobile is, is continuing to grow um, as you'd expect. And the last trend I'd probably really uh, be interested in seeing how it goes over the next year is I think there's been some huge changes in the tools we use this year and um, especially around tools encouraging best practice uh, for visualizations and charts and graphics Mm. um, Mm. in a way that they haven't been great at previously. Okay. Can you give us some examples? Uh, I think a good example is the way Tableau has been moving um, over the past year. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, Tableau does a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely, and and they're making it. Um, they're making the the good stuff easier and and the not so good stuff harder. <laughs> and uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a big bias yeah. towards good stuff, which is really good. And um, I, I I listened with great interest to your um, podcast earlier in the year um, about ggplot two and just mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's it's true for ggplot two as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How, how that how that's been deliberately designed to encourage good practices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So uh, looking forward, this was all 2016. <laughs> Hopefully, we can put a lid on that one yeah, soon. Not far away. <laughs> what are you hoping for for next year? What, what what types of projects would you like to see? Which uh, of the trends would you hope to to play out? In which ways? If you can make a wish, uh, you can make it now. <laughs> my, my big wish, I think, um, 
from a personal perspective, because I work in, in the newsroom, I, I'd love to see a, a boost in kind of the data literacy within newsrooms. And, you know, it's getting, it's getting better mm-hmm. and better all the time, but still, um, I run into, um, a bit of data illiteracy around newsrooms and, and actually around government as well. You know, um, doing an FOI request for data is a fairly, um, painful process uh, most of the time because your first point of contact doesn't know um the 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 basic lingo you know that they don't understand what a record layout is for example um oftentimes so it's it's um it'd be great to see a bit more data literacy sort of filtering out into um into more Mm. parts of of my world um and and along with that improved access to to data sets um to government data sets especially, but, uh, you know, that's a trend that's already well established and I'd expect to see it continue and hope to see it continue. Yeah, good wishes. Let's <laughs> yeah. hope they come true. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Simon. This was a great overview. Um, again, if you're interested in the Australian scene, sign up for the Slack channel. How do you get there, Simon? Do you need an invite problem? Uh, you can get yourself an invite very easily. Um, just um, storieswithdata.community. And um, put your email address in there and and you're you're welcome to an invite. The more the merrier. Perfect. That's very nice. So thanks so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Simon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Simon. Cheers. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And uh, here we have Jane on the show. Hi, Jane. Good to have you. Hey, Jane. Hi, Maritz. Hi, Enrico. Hey, Jane. So, Jane, can you introduce yourself briefly? Who are you? Where are you located? And yeah, what are you working on? Okay. Um, so, I'm Jane and I'm a freelance data visualization designer based here in Hong Kong. So, before I turned freelance, I was a graphics editor at South China Morning Post, which is the main English language newspaper here in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I moved to Singapore and worked at Thomson Reuters as part of the graphics team there. And I covered breaking news in Asia at at Reuters. Yeah, yeah. And now you work as a freelance uh, designer for of uh, news graphics or what what types of uh, designs do Um, you do? A bit of everything, actually. Mm-hmm. So magazines, um, businesses who want dashboard designs, um, yeah, uh, marketing material, anything, infographics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So uh, you've seen a bit of the data visualization scene in Hong Kong and maybe also Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say, what, how is the scene like? Is there a lot going on? Is it different from the rest of the world? What, what's your perspective on um, that? In my opinion, I don't think data visualization is mainstream quite just yet in Hong Kong and greater China. Um, so the database community right now revolves mostly around news still. Um, and there are some really great graphics teams uh, within the local newspapers like SCMP um, in Hong Kong and yeah. Xinhua in, in China. Um, and then there are also a lot of um, international media organizations who have set up um, Asia offices in Hong Kong. So companies like FT mm-hmm. and Bloomberg and, and Reuters in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you would say it's still an emerging uh, scene. It's uh, maybe not so far ahead as, as uh, in other regions. Yeah, I th- I think it hasn't gone quite as popular as in the US and Europe 
just yet. But mm-hmm. hopefully, well, I I hope selfishly that it's it's going to come very soon. <laughs> <laughs> And in terms of approach and style, is it different from what you see, uh, let's say, coming out of Europe or the US? Or would you say it's fairly similar? I know, for instance, your work, it always struck me as fairly original and, and fairly creative. Uh, is that more an outlier? <laughs> or, or would you say there's also <laughs> different visual language? Uh, at Definitely play? a different visual language. Um, from the few years that I've been in Asia, I've been learning a lot about um, very unique behaviors that Chinese audiences have online and offline. Um, and, and that's part of, that's something that I really want there to be more discussions of these cultural differences. Um, because for example, one thing that stands out is, is just the, the characters in Chinese are not like English. So they're, they're very block, Mm, like kind of just blocky characters uh-huh. and that has huge kind of impact on how you design things because we don't we don't get um to use things like italics as much um and typography is totally <laughs> different um yeah. yeah so it's very interesting yeah and typography is, is a big component in visualization Definitely. <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's very interesting to hear what what is happening on on that side of the world. I mean, there's so much going on in China, and uh, I, I think it's. Uh, I'm sure there is a lot of this happening there as well. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm trying to kind of tap into it. It's it's not very um, widespread, but I'm I'm quite sure mm-hmm. there are yeah. kind of agencies doing it, but the the work are just not public. So, talking about the major developments in in 2016, are there any projects that you particularly like and you want to highlight, especially from the Asian region? Region. Um, I haven't really seen. Uh, I I come from a news background, um, so mm-hmm. I haven't really seen huge projects coming out of Asia that's to do with database. Um, but another area that I I've kind of noticed that's data is happening quite a lot is, um, the art scene. So there are Mm. quite a lot of these kind of new media art projects that kind of uses data as a basis. And one, one of these projects Mm -hmm. is called, um, Radiant Scape and it's from a a local new, new media art studio called XEX in Hong Kong. Mm. And it's kind of like an audio visual piece that uses live radiation data. Mm-hmm. And so the the idea came from um, like the the earthquake in Japan and oh, where yeah. where the nuclear thing happened, and they were collecting a lot of radiation data. And I think the project is used that to kind of generate actually generate a cityscape where you can kind of go through the city and and um, have these different levels of radiation. Um, represent different things in the cityscape. It's it's really quite nice. I I can send you guys the link to have a look. Mm-hmm. We will definitely put it in the blog post. Yeah. Any other trends you want to mention? Um, well, going back to news, I think I, I'm seeing quite a lot of um, local media starting to do visual and data journalism. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, most recently this year, Hong Kong, there's been quite a lot of coverage about the the Legislative Council elections. And I, I'm actually seeing a lot of data-driven journalism, which is which is which I've never seen before because traditionally I think mm -hmm, Chinese news is yeah. quite text-based. So <laughs> it's... It's mm -hmm, really, mm -hmm. yeah. Politics is big everywhere. I know, it's, it's a huge <laughs> That's year. That's what we are noticing. <laughs> I think it's a huge year for database. The common thread is politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a constant variable across mm. the globe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so any anything else, maybe more on the on the global side of, of this? Any major projects that you want to highlight? Something I've noticed, um, and I'm really liking the direction this is taking is that following um, Stephanie and George's D-Data project, I'm seeing <laughs> yeah. a lot more visualizations that, that focuses on cultural data and kind of personal, mm -hmm. manually collected data. And I, I think it's, I, I love it. There's so much interesting work um, happening around topics like music and sports and popular culture. And it's just really fun. Um, a counterbalance to all that mm. politics, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's take yeah. it easy. Yeah. Easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, oh, well, yeah. Um, just going back to news again. Um, I think, um, Archie sees kind of talk at Malafie this year has kind of garnered a lot of attention as to what when it's appropriate to do interactive storytelling in news and um, there's a great series of FT articles um, that talks about that as well and I think it's it's a really um, good conversation and discussion to have um, in the newsroom because it's so easy to just get caught up in doing very fancy nice interactives um, but the resources that it takes um, to do those projects and also the, the, the time, um, sometimes it's just better, I think, to, um, in terms of, in, in kind of like a breaking news context, to do to, to more kind of straightforward um, graphics that tell a lot more and it's less about decoration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a general uh uh, thing we hear is that this towards a focus on much more simple but much more targeted visualizations has been yeah. huge uh, for mm. many people this year. Yeah. So looking forward, what do you hope for for next year? What are the types of projects you would be hoping to see? And yeah, wh what are you hoping for? Well, I'm definitely hoping for more projects to come out of the Asia region um, mm -hmm. and to ha for them to have a more kind of um, a pl public platform um, so people, other people can know about them. Um, also, I think, yeah, as I mentioned before, I'd, I'd love to see more kind of discussions around the topic of cross-cultural considerations when designing data visualizations or just kind of design in general. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that would be a great direction to take um, next year or in, just in the future. Yeah, we are hoping for that too. We would love to see more, you know, coming from across the world and maybe we can find somehow a platform yeah. to make more of this, you know, this diversity yeah, available. I that think would be that great. would be great. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that's crucial. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jane. This has Thank been great. You. And we're much looking forward to see what's happening next year. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Okay, that's been uh, quite a nice trip around the world, Moritz. Huh? Yeah, yeah, super nice. Uh, we really enjoyed doing this, and yeah, it's been amazing. I loved it. Yeah, thanks for all of our guests to to showing us a bit around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and spending quite some time with us, not just recording but also preparing for the recording, which is not that easy. <laughs> that's <laughs> right? true. So I think we 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 want to conclude by kind of like summarizing what we have heard from all these different people. And um, there, are, there are a few trends that we have identified, right, Moritz? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, um, I think that was also interesting that everybody had their unique perspective, but some things connected all of the different uh, conversations <laughs> we had. And I mean, one of them was surely this whole idea of using data visualization to understand your government better, to work with open data, to improve society, to maybe combat corruption, you know, and yeah. really use yeah. visualization as a force for good for society, basically. I think this is something exactly. that, in a way, everybody touched on, right? And this seems to be one of the big topics right now. That's such a common thread. Every yeah. Everyone, I mean, politics is, is a major, major thing, right? Yeah. And there uh, were also yeah, a lot of elections this year ele <laughs> and lots of political <laughs> decisions. Yeah. And I think what also puzzled us quite a bit is this whole question of what can we actually achieve with data and exactly how do we deal with this? Like how to data this in a post-factual world is one of the questions I had on can, my Yeah. Can, mind. can we make and, a difference? Can we make yeah. a difference? <laughs> That's always the constant underlying question, yeah. right? Yeah. And how do you communicate with data and how do you deal uh, or treat data the right way because you know on the one hand some people are totally immune to fact-based and data-based arguments and you need to find yeah. other strategies and yeah. other people are maybe believing too much in data you know we've seen the polling errors and people were like totally hung up on exactly, these percentages yeah. and forgot yeah. that these percentages are yeah. super fuzzy probability estimates you know and so yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah. been very interesting this year in terms of how we relate to numbers <laughs> yeah yeah and, and have you heard this sentence post fact politics or post fact era it, yeah, yeah. it seems to go exactly in the opposite direction we are trying to exactly. go here so it's so yeah. i don't know i think in a way it can be depressing but i think it should also be exciting let's go out there and and show that we can reason with data that's very important right it's yeah. up to us to do that so <laughs> yeah and that maybe ties into yeah. the next bigger theme like we heard yeah. a lot of people talk about that things are moving more into a more narrative much more focused direction yeah. in terms of data visualization like do smaller things but in a smarter yes. way think about yeah. what it actually communicates um, how it fits into a narrative and also just being lean and reduced obviously works well on mobile which has been the the third big thing is like yeah we, we yeah. move away from desktop computing and i mean yeah this also means moving away from a few of the formats we're used to like huge websites with lots of options and <laughs> so, well, I, yeah. I think that's inevitable, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, all the eyes are there. Most of our eyes are, are on mobile devices, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like so. Two things I also found interesting, or what two of our guests mentioned, um, Nikita yeah. and Jane at the end, uh, that um, they said their local data visualization scenes have lots of interesting um, exchange with the art scene and the experimental media mm. design scene and generative design. And this is something I re really like. And I think this is a huge opportunity of 
these more local scenes, you know, if even if you say data visualization is maybe not that developed in a certain area, but I think there's a huge quality in um, then maybe working together with other, um, you know, related um, scenes. And this can totally result in totally new ways to, yeah, to look at the field. And so I think this can actually be a big plus um, if you... If you actually oh, yeah. work uh, somewhere where there's not that clearly defined data visualization scene, you know, maybe it's a huge opportunity. And I'm really curious oh, yeah. of what comes out of there. Yeah, absolutely. I think if there is one one great thing of data visualization is always trying people trying to cross this line between, I don't know, the very formal and rigid and the very artistic and creative. That's what makes this field I don't know, at least for me, fan fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are all attracted by this dichotomy in a way yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right so I, yeah. I hope to see more of that that's true yeah what i have not seen is a lot of interesting uh projects on mm, vr devices this is that's still, true. still yeah. to come 3d right? is still i think um, that's what we mentioned last year we said that maybe vr is would be oh, <laughs> one of the major trends of true. 2016 it, yeah. it didn't really happen right predictions predictions happen. yeah, yeah of <laughs> <laughs> that's a really interesting question i'm sort of on the fence there so um i'm not even yeah. sure if yeah. the vr trend yeah. is as big as some people thought but i mean it there could be a but unique that's, opportunity that's what there, makes so. it interesting right exactly, the fact that yeah. we are skeptical <laughs> makes it interesting so you guys listening blow our mind by creating some amazing amazing vr <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we'll see um, we'll see yeah yeah so yeah, I have to say that that's been an amazing experience talking with so many people from all over the world. Of course, there are a few, uh, quite a few countries that we couldn't cover, but I, we it's pretty well spread out. So I'm 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 really happy for yeah. um, being able to cover quite a bit of the world with with this first experiment, yeah. and um, it's been amazing. I don't know. I think it's been very enriching for for me to hear what people are doing around the world, and I hope we we can do more of that in. The the future right yeah yeah i mean living in a bubble has been another <laughs> big theme of 2016, <laughs> like the information <laughs> bubbles and i hope we can <laughs> yeah. maybe burst some of them a bit or join some of them to make a bigger bubble at least so i i hope we can continue this and sort of maybe move a bit beyond our very euro and u.s centric perspective that's my hope for the yeah. podcast and in general yeah i think there's a lot Absolutely. we can learn from everybody and the world is big. And amazing people. Amazing people. There are right. amazing people yeah. out there. Yeah. Right? So I think it's very important to keep our eyes open and just look around. We are so, as you said, US and Eurocentric. And I don't think it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we really need to look around. That's one thing that I learned at the end of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So, so looking, looking forward, we yeah. also have a few yeah. changes coming up for the podcast. Yep. Nothing major, but yep. uh, yeah, we're still Nothing you know, major. trying to, <laughs> but to we're change. But constantly evolving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have great ideas for guests, but we won't tell you who. Um, we won't spoil it. No, no. Um, but there's good stuff coming up. And uh, what we're also trying is to change the model a bit. So right now we used to have ads at the beginning and the middle and the end, as you know. And yeah, we need some income to just keep the show running. We have costs. Uh, we have people working on the show. There's Destry who does an amazing 
job of organizing a lot behind the scenes, you know, all the logistics and the production side. And we have Florian who does the audio editing. And as you can imagine, that's not always easy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's bumpy. (laughs) So we do need some money. But one thing we figured out is that if we can change the ad format to just have small ads at the beginning and the end and still get by fine which is great so this is what we will do now (laughs) for the next six months yep and in parallel we're also trying something new right Enrico yeah so one thing we would love to do is to transition to having the show completely crowdfunded and we are looking into Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a new platform and it's becoming incredibly, incredibly successful. There are lots of people out there who are financing their show or other endeavors to Patreon. So the way Patreon works is that you subscribe to Patreon and you commit to paying a small fee. You can choose among a range of um, amounts. And every time we publish a new episode, you would pay this fee. Okay. And um, so what we want to do is say if this is, is to see if this is possible. So we want to slowly transition to this new model. And that would mean that if we manage to completely transition, then we will be able to remove our ads uh, completely, which I think it's a, it's a good thing. But it's not just that. It's also the fact that the show would be supported by you, by our community. And I think that would be amazing. Right, Moritz? Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, would just be nice. To, and I think if everybody chips in with a few dollars per month, uh, then we can quickly have all the money together uh, that we need. So we set up the Patreon page already. So you can go on our website and there's a link on the start page. There will also be a link in the blog post, of course. And you can yeah, think about, do you want to maybe, you know, chip in with a few um, dollars or euros or yen or whatever (laughs) your local uh, uh, currency is and i think the way we will do it is so we have a fixed cost per episode and once we reach that cost in terms of budget we can do one ad-free show basically and the more we collect the more ad-free shows we can do and maybe at some point we can switch over to yeah totally ad-free podcast which would be nice Uh, yeah but the ads are fine too. So you can, you know, you can pick it yourself. Um, but if you want to support us in that way to being fully crowdfunded, uh, it would be amazing and we would be very happy. So check it out. Yeah. yeah. So that said, I think that's that's our last episode for 2016. Um, so I really want to thank Destry and Florian for their amazing work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we are at a stage where without them, the show just cannot happen. So huge, <laughs> yeah. huge, huge thank yous to to Florian and Destry. Thanks a lot. It's been yeah. amazing working Absolutely with you throughout agree. the year. And, and thanks to you for listening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Without listeners, it doesn't make any sense doing this. <laughs> so it's been a, another amazing year. I'm really happy that we've been covering so, so many different things. That's that's such an enriching experience for, for us in the first place. Even, I mean, even just creating the show is such an enriching experience so i'm 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 really happy yeah i think we can close it here yeah happy new year it's been a good year partly yeah <laughs> partly <laughs> well let's talk about the positive stuff Come exactly on. yeah and 2017 <laughs> yeah. might be even better we'll see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so, see you on the other side See you on the other side. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Data Stories again. Before you leave, we have a request. If you can spend a couple of minutes rating us on iTunes, that would be extremely helpful for the show. And here's also some information on the many ways you can get news directly from us. We're of course on Twitter at twitter.com slash datastories. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash datastoriespodcast, all in one word. And we also have an email newsletter. So if you want to get news directly into your inbox and be notified whenever we publish an episode, you can go to our homepage datastory.es and look for the link that you find on the bottom in the footer. So one last thing that we want to tell you is that we love to get in touch with our listeners, especially if you want to suggest a way to improve the show or amazing people you want us to invite or even projects you want to us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So don't hesitate to get in touch with us. It's always a great thing for us. And that's all for now. See you next time. And thanks for listening to Data Stories. Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories. That's q-l-i-k dot d-e slash datastories.